1: To that call, it makes me think of two things. One, goosebumps. That was one of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen, one of the wildest I've ever seen. It does hearken me back to 1975. Those that are old enough, Game 6, Red Sox, Big Red Machine. That was unbelievable. And the second thing it makes me think is Joe Buck is a great announcer and my producer lightning who was off today who can't stand Joe Buck, but that's why Joe Buck is Joe Buck. When the moment is that big, Joe Buck is the guy to make the call. And that was a very good call of an absolutely chaotic, crazy ending to game four of the world series. And I, wow. I, I don't know. All I'll tell you on this, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but all I'll tell you is there's been a lot of people this year that have spent a great deal of time and energy trying to convince me that baseball sucks and there's no reason to be watching baseball. And consistently in this coronavirus-shortened season, baseball has had crazy moments that have shown you why baseball is a great game. None more so than that moment. That guy, Brett Phillips, had absolutely no business being in that game And nobody in that stadium, including Brett Phillips, thought that he could rise to the occasion. And somehow he did. And he brought that ball in. And then he almost blacked out hyperventilating after the fact because he couldn't believe he did it. And they had to step away from him. And he had to get medical attention so he could sort of catch his breath and regulate himself. He was having trouble. No one wanted to even acknowledge that. But it was wild. And there was like six different things that happened in the, on the Dodgers side that made that play unbelievable, not the least of which is their average, their ordinary center fielder, and by ordinary I mean really good, but Bellinger had to beg out of the game 40 minutes before because he wasn't feeling good. And had that not happened, none of that, all of it would have been different. But everything lined up just so to make that the most unbelievable I mean, it has to be like a top five World Series play. It's just crazy what went on in there and how many different things happened. But with that said, we got a lot on the table today. Obviously, we're going to get into the dueling 60 Minutes interviews from last night. There was some interesting stuff there. I thought much more so on the Biden side, actually, than the Trump side, because the Trump side we'd already seen. So I was kind of numb to it and didn't care that much because we've already been over it. But the Biden stuff. We're going to get into that in just about 10 minutes. There's some, I just, we'll get into it. I'll leave it there. (laughs) So that's number one. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, yes, that Gavin Newsom, he has not, not only recommendations, but he's basically told Californians how they will be allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah, he's going to now just dictate all of it. And it is unbelievable. And, and if I was Trump, I would be tweeting this stuff right now going, this is what happens when you give this party power. This is how much they are going to control your life. We'll get into that in a little while. Um, ballot question two. We haven't got into the ballot questions yet. We will today. One o'clock, the leading proponent of no on two. He will be joining us. We've reached out to the yes on two people, and I assume we're going to have them at some point this week, if not today. But we're going to get into ballot question two. That's the rank choice question, obviously. And we're going to break that one down a little bit. Oh, and by the way, if you'd like to, feel free to enjoy my misery. The Atlanta Falcons lost in epic fashion yet again. And, yes, I was watching it. Ah, God. Suck Up Dave is back there, and... Saka, were you watching the fo- uh, football in real time? And if so, were you watching Red Zone when the Atlanta Falcons game ended?
2: Man, the first thing I thought of was Todd Gurley. He nailed it for the Rams, but, oh, man, he wasn't supposed to get into that end zone for the Falcons. And I'm like, that's, that's the encapsulation of the Falcons, and I feel so bad for you. It's not even funny anymore.
1: It isn't. I'm sitting there. So, my long story on this, but if if you don't know what happened, the Atlanta Falcons were losing – by one, with a minute to go, but they're at the four-yard line. Gurley goes through, and then he tries to stop at the half-yard line, but he, he th- thinks about it a second too late, and his momentum forces his body down on the goal line. Touchdown. They didn't want to score, but Gurley, he just couldn't stop himself. because It's not because he didn't know better. He, it's his uniform did it, Dave. You realize this, right? You ever watch one of those horror movies where no matter what you do, the ghost is pulling you or the ghost is making you do something or there's this supernatural force and you, you don't have control of yourself? That's what happened to Todd Gurley. It's the uniform. It says Atlanta Falcons on it. And well, so he didn't have a choice. He gave the best resistance he could, but there was this supernatural force that is the Atlanta Falcons losing ghost that pulled him into the end zone.
2: Well, I mean, there's also another theory on who the kiss of death is, right? Whenever Arthur Blank, their owner, is on the sidelines, stuff like this just happens. You thought it was Dan Quinn, but maybe it's Arthur Blank. Why is he down there? Why? What is he doing?
1: Oh, Moral I'm down here to, to celebrate Lions. our 2-5 and five or 2-4 and four record if that somehow happened. But whatever, he was there. And so we get the obligatory Arthur Blank, hands on hips, stunned face when they end up losing. Here's what it, so anyway, long and short of it is they were losing by one. They then score to take the lead, and they get the two, so they're up by six with a minute and two seconds left, I believe it was. That is obviously a minute and two seconds too long for the Atlanta Falcons, who then let Matthew Stafford drive down immediately, and with two seconds left, they're at like the six or eight-yard line, whatever it is, Stafford drops back. They don't blitz him for some reason. Let's give him all the time in the world to find somebody. It didn't take long. His tight end, wide open. Stafford slings one to him, touchdown, extra point good, even though they got an unsportsmanlike conduct on the touchdown that pushed the extra point back. They kick it through, and the Detroit Lions win by one over the Falcons on the last play of the game, on a game that the Falcons literally had all control of, and the only way they could lose is if they screwed it up, and they screwed it up because they're, the, they're my team. They're the Atlanta Falcons. And you know how bad it is? The Atlanta Falcons did that against the Detroit Lions, the team that is known for losing these games. But the Atlanta Falcons big-footed the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions couldn't even blow it. When you go up against Atlanta, you can, in spite of yourself, you will somehow win, and that's what happened. The, the other team that you want in those circumstances, they, they, they beat you, or they beat us, my team. Because that's what my team does this year.
2: Well, see, it, what Atlanta's doing is that they're really taking Arthur Blank's uh, business, Home Depot, to heart. Because whenever they come into the stadium, they're like, hey, other team, you can do it. We can help.
1: That's, I, you know what, I, that's probably funny in another world. But right now, no. This too world. Too soon, man. Too soon. And by too soon, I mean all the way back to the Super Bowl. Too soon. It's just remarkable. And so what I ended up tweeting, and for those of you who don't follow me, VB the Wise on Twitter. Saturday night, I watched the end of that World Series game, and I thought. I actually said to my wife, "I said this is everything that is right about sports, and this is why sports are awesome." I mean, we kept watching that replay. We kept getting goosebumps. We kept thinking about Brett Phillips, uh, and and all the Rays, really, and just how. That's what it's all about. You live for that moment, to do that once in your life. That's what sports is great about. And then the next day, not even 18 hours later, I turned to my wife and I said, this is why sports sucks, and this is why I shouldn't follow sports, and I shouldn't have a team, and I shouldn't care about football, because this is what it can do to you. It was literally the, 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 the football gods or the, the professional sports gods giveth and then the professional sports gods taketh away. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. I'm not even a Rays fan. I am rooting for them in the World Series, but I'm not going to care one way or the other in the end. But that's all of it in a nutshell.
2: We're going to have to send over what is it? A wellness check every single Sunday night during football season for you.
1: I don't You know what's funny too and I told my what my son's all worked up and he's a Packers fan sort of and so he was watching that game. And he would periodically give me Falcons updates as the score was coming over, and then he'd say, Dad, red zone it, because he's six and he knows better than me to red zone it. But I told my wife at the beginning, I'm like, I don't even obviously I don't even care. The Falcons are done, they're out of it. But then they did what they do every week is they sucked me in because the game was tight, their defense was playing a little bit better. And uh, I'm like, all right, that might be a fun storyline that the replacement coach is immediately 2 0 and then it'll be just enough to drum up a little bit of interest in the Thursday night game. And they just just pulled me in. And then I saw it, and the reason why it's so – here's the long part of it, Dave, that you don't even know. My brother and my sister-in-law are his wife. They are professors at Penn State. The reason why that's significant is on Saturday night – Penn State did the exact same thing that the Falcons would do 24 hours later. They tried to not score to win a game. They were winning by one, and the guy couldn't stop himself, and he fell, and he scored, and they went up by eight. They then gave up a touchdown in the last play to Indiana, who then went for two, got it, went into overtime, and Indiana won. But I had just seen that happen because my brother teaches there, so I was watching the game. And I saw Penn State do that. I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. That sucks. Tough to be that guy. No one will ever do that again. I, I, what I, my wife and I conversation. And the very next day, the team that I root for does the thing that everybody in the world knows. We won't make that mistake again. Nope, they did it. They did it the next day. And then they lost at home. It is mind-boggling how a team can be like the Atlanta Falcons are. And they are. And the the other joke, Dave, since you're into joking about my misery, is that the Atlanta Falcons uniforms that they were wearing there, they're called the blended uniforms. They're red on top, but they slowly blend into the black. Everybody on Twitter was pointing out that 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 uniform best typifies them. The red is the successful Falcons that midway through the game start becoming defeat and ultimately end in the black of the uniforms that take over, and then they lose. And no Falcon fan can argue with that currently because this happens every single week, every single year. I apologize. I had to get that off my chest. I won't talk about it again. You want to text it, 70470, and enjoy my misery? You can. When we come back... Let's talk about Joe Biden. And let's talk about the Joe Biden on 60 Minutes interview last night because there was a couple of things I noticed. I wonder if you noticed the same. We'll play it for you when we return. Right here on VB in the Middle on WRKO. All right, let's talk about 60 Minutes last night. A, did you watch it? B, what did you make of it? Now... I'm going to focus on the Biden part of it, but if you want to talk about the Trump part, that's fine. We had seen that because Trump had leaked it and those clips were available and we'd seen the walkout, et cetera. But I was curious to see what the Biden one was going to be and to see how he handled himself, et cetera, et cetera. And then Kamala was part of it as well. There was a couple of things that I thought were of interest and I don't think that... <laughs> I don't think what Joe is saying actually matches what he's trying to convey. Let's put it that way. And I think there are some things that he has missed. Let's start with this one, okay? E-double is back there. A cut number one E-double. I. This is Noro O'Donnell asking Joe Biden something that I would think would be fact for everybody. And I thought Biden's answer would have been, well, Yeah, I'm sure they are, and who can blame them? Instead, he went a different way. Here's the key question of, are they just voting for you because you're not Trump?
3: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
5: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
4: pronounce you Lucky.
6: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
7: What kind of country we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Four more years of George Georgia. Georgia He's uh, going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world
1: i think i think someone back there wanted to just play that sound bite so you know what that's okay because that was biden yesterday not in 60 minutes but that was biden forgetting trump's name and calling him george twice and i don't know what happened there i really don't there's been a was the interviewer's name george it turns out it wasn't uh he was in georgia i don't know why that would be in his brain though and why that would Caused the malfunction, but you can see Jill muttering under a breath Trump because he can't remember the name. And then he finally gets it. But that was him referring to Trump as George. And the president, of course, tweeted out about that. There's an interesting sidebar to that. I'll get into it in a second. But let's go back to the 60 Minutes one, Edub, if you can. Cut one Biden being asked if they're only voting for Biden because he's not Trump. I'm trying to find this right now,
8: and it's kind of the the, uh, folder. Is not too (laughs) organized. Isn't
1: that how that works? Where is that suck up, Dave, when you need him? For goodness sakes. But the our guy puts it in there and then he doesn't tell E-Dub where it is. And isn't that something? (laughs) So I'll just tell you in the meantime while we wait for it that Biden, the reason why I want to even get to this is that Biden said, well, I hope they're going to vote for me because of me. Not because I'm not that guy. I hope they're going to vote for me because I'm me. And then he says, but the bottom line is, I don't think you could, in presidential elections, I don't think you've ever seen as stark a choice as there is between me and the other guy. The reason why I think that's an interesting soundbite, when we get it, we'll let you hear it, is that I think that one of the big mistakes, Biden may win, Biden may lose, who knows how this thing's going to turn out a week from tomorrow.
8: VB, I do have it.
1: But I, I think I think the Dems always, I think they have overplayed their hand. And I think this cuts to the crux of it. All right, take a listen.
6: There are a lot of people who are going to vote for you
0: simply because you're not Donald Trump.
7: Well, I hope there's going to be a lot of people vote for him because of who I am. But I think the contrast between Donald Trump and me is about as stark as it can get.
1: I don't know why he wouldn't own that, first of all. They should. If for no other reason, they should vote for me for that reason. Biden should have said that, number one. Number two, I don't know if you've seen this. The New York Post endorsed Trump today, and everybody's dismissive of it because they're all, really, the New York Post endorsed Trump. Well, they didn't endorse him in 2016, for what it's worth. So ironically, you know, we're being told to celebrate the union leader and that the union leader's – endorsement of Biden is a huge wow because the what once was a conservative paper, although the idea that the union leaders, the paper that it was 100 years ago was absurd, but whatever. But that's supposedly huge news that the union leader endorsed Biden and not Trump because you would think a, a historically conservative publication would endorse Trump. What no one seems to want to tell you is they didn't do it in 2016 either. They, invo- they uh, endorsed Gary Johnson then, stupidly, and we all mocked him at the time. So somehow the union leader doing what they did in 2016 is news, but the New York Post doing what they didn't do in 2016 is not news. This is just the world we live in. If you hate Trump, that's how you go with it. But back to the Biden soundbite. I hope they vote for me because of me, but I just think in the end, you know, you can't have two candidates that present a starker choice. I... The New York Post endorsement of Trump is because Trump's not Biden. Ironically, the incumbent is the one that's owning this idea more than the challenger. Because the Democrats have overplayed their hands so much, and they've gone so crazy far to the left, that Trump is able to say, look, I'm the guy that, I'm the only way you're stopping that, what they want to do. I'm the only way. And so the New York Post said, you've got to endorse him because you can't have... All the crazy ideas that the Dems have been talking about. You can't vote for that. The problem that Biden, the mistake Biden made, or those around him, or the party, I, you know, whoever you, is ultimately responsible here, is that there's a large swath of the country that said, just say, I'm not Trump, I'm not going to be nuts, I'm not going to go crazy, I'm not going to do a ton, I'm just not going to be Trump. There's a lot of people that would vote for that person. But Biden chose to not be that person. Instead, he tried to be, he's trying to be AOC's father. I, I'm just like her, and I'm going to earn, we'll work on that Green New Deal, absolutely. And we're going to have free college for everybody, absolutely. And we're going to have debt forgiveness for everybody, absolutely. And we're going to raise taxes on millionaires, but nobody else is. You can trust me on that. My name is a Biden, as he said last night. And this stuff starts to add up, and you start to go, but man, what the hell? If there's a Democratic House and then they somehow take the Senate, which does seem very plausible. The only alternative to an all hard left government is Trump. And so what the New York Post told you is you got to vote for that. Because if Biden is the president and they control the Senate and the House, what do you think is coming down the pipeline? And for guys like me, uh -uh. uh-uh, that's... Bottom line, here's the way I look at that soundbite and why that soundbite's the one you should remember from 60 Minutes last night is they're running against Trump because they want you to believe that Trump is crazy and Trump is just a huge problem for the country and Trump is going to tear this country down. But what, what they don't realize is they've out crazied crazy. They've come up with so many, what I would say, cockamamie schemes and, and just absolutely not so ideas, so much so that Nora O'Donnell had to ask Kamala Harris last night, are you a socialist? And she laughed, like, how could you ask me that? Um, I don't know. Let's look at some of the things your party is proposing. They've out crazy, crazy. So that in 2016, the New York Post didn't endorse either candidate because they didn't like him. But this time they go, you got to endorse Trump. It's not that we love him. You can't do that. You can't do what they're talking about doing. Because if that comes... God help us all. They've out the crazy. 617-266-6868. We'll take some of your calls when we come back. Did you see the 60 Minutes interview? And is what I just told you making sense to you? It's VB. You're in the middle on Monday here on WRKO. Finding a couple of stories here for you. Uh, 60 Minutes interview last night, the one with Joe Biden and the New York Post today endorsing Donald Trump which I know, again, everybody thinks is, oh, ho, hum, but except they didn't endorse him in 2016. And a large part of their endorsement is not that he's Donald Trump. It's that Joe Biden is the opponent and that we don't want Joe Biden is what the New York Post is telling you. I'll read you. The front page is make America great again, again, which, okay, fine. But one of the key lines in the – in the uh, uh editorials you know endorsement of uh trump uh, to me is about biden a joe biden administration would be beholden to a socialist left that sees an opportunity to remake the nation in its vision and then my computer just rose one more dependent on government debt trump also rejects the globalist axiom that trade deals and unfettered immigration are better for americans in other words we'll just give you a taste of some of the things you can expect if joe biden wins and we don't like the look of that. and what i'm telling you is when biden was asked on 60 minutes, are you the just you're just not trump. He should have said yes. One, two. I think a lot of people are voting for trump because he's not biden. And by not biden, i mean he's not aoc, he's not ed markey, he's not elizabeth warren. He's the answer to that. He's the balance to that. And as crazy as you might think he is, without him, there is no balance to that. And God knows what would happen if Biden gets in and is not a stop to any of that. 617-266-6868. Let's go to the phones. Bruce is in Woburn. Bruce, you're first on this one today here on RKO.
3: Thank you very much, Howie. I'm I'm glad to talk to you again. Oh, I'm going oh, to let that minute.
1: slide, Bruce. Um, <laughs> You have
3: to let it slide because this guy doesn't even know the the person's name off the top of his head. I, I, really, tell tell me I'm wrong, Howie. Please tell me I'm wrong. Am I am I out of my gourd? This I
1: guy's
3: see. this guy's Halloween <laughs> Halloween nightmare uh, extraordinaire. I got. Well, I got to give him flowers,
1: though. I got to give him flowers. here is the, the thing, Bruce. I, and I assume you are calling me Howie to do a Joe Biden, in case people weren't noticing this—that you, know, well, you know, the I'm, way that Biden I, I don't is calling know who Trump. I am right. I don't the know way who Biden I called. Am. I don't know who you are. So, are you kidding me? I, I will say this about that, Bruce. Edub, if you have that soundbite again, just get it for me. Let me know because I want. Let's play that one again for those that haven't heard it. Biden but yesterday you, calling Trump but George.
7: But Bruce, what kind of country are we going to be? Four more years of George, Georgia. He's going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world.
1: What's what's there's a couple things on that, Bruce. One is the way that his mind. His mind puts up a red light or a stop sign for him, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) And you can hear him, like, he says George, and then, like, the first time he says it, you almost can tell he's trying to figure out, wait a minute, George who? The second time he says it, you can hear his brain catch up and go, no, 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 no. We're not talking about a George. But then he can't get to – it it doesn't quite compute what the mistake is. It just knows that a mistake has been made and it takes him a good few seconds. And in those few seconds, his wife mutters under her breath, Trump, but it's really because whenever someone does this, like you say, okay, well, what's going on? What happened when Pelosi says, good morning to Stephanopoulos midway through an interview. And it didn't seem to make any sense. What happened in this case? Number one, how does it get to George? And then number two, how is how is his brain sort of working to solve the problem? And it's not working that great, obviously. The reason why it's mildly relevant, and I don't want to make too big a deal of it, but Kamala was asked last night by Nora O'Donnell on 60 Minutes, do you think Trump is a racist? And she said, of course I do. And she said, explain. And she said, well... How many examples of this do you need? And of course, she went to Charlottesville for one. And she listed off like three things that Trump has done that she says makes the point that he's racist. If the logic that she used to prove that Trump is racist was accurate, though, then she would also have to say that Biden has dementia. Because you would do the same thing. You would say, oh, really? I don't know, is he or isn't he? Here's five examples of why I'm saying it is that you can't counter. And one of them would be that, Bruce, where she's calling him George, and he doesn't know what's going on. Strange. I appreciate the call, Bruce. 617-266-6868. Bill is in Mattapan. Bill, you're next on RKO.
3: Thank you for taking my call, B.B. You know, when I first started listening to you, B.B., uh, I thought you were the rule between two... uh, uh, two thickets, okay, or pricks, okay, and now I know that you're just as right wing as the two uh, people that you, you're in between, okay, <laughs> and, and I, you know, so I have respect for your kids, so, because they seem well-mannered and well-educated and very smart, being the father of 12 myself, but you know, you're impossible, when you start talking to people like you do, uh, you, think, you think we're at their level, uh, i mean everything that that's for people that makes that wants to uh, that that the the
0: No purchase necessary. BDW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+.
9: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond.
0: Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. Uh, uh, Mr.
3: Biden will will introduce. And you call a socialist? I mean, what's wrong yeah. with you people?
1: Because it's more than they're this, crazy, I and they make they're true. like Big Rock Candy Mountain. As far as I'm concerned, they're not reality. It, 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 this stuff can't be, Bruce or Bill. He can't. We're gonna get back into the Paris Accords. Why would we do that? Unless China's in it, what possible point is it? Even if China's in it, we know it's gonna have very little effect anyway. But that's some sort of adamant thing. We gotta get back in the in the Paris Accords. We're gonna have free education for free college for people. And the way he's gonna get free college is he's gonna tax people over four hundred million dollars or four hundred thousand dollars. And everybody that's done any sort of cursory math on that says you're not only short, you're way short. That would never make sense. It would never work. But it's just all these vague, big, rock candy mountain promises, Bill. It's not even about socialism. It's just about, here, here, free for you, free for you. We'll take everything for you. We'll make all the decisions for you. So you have no responsibility and you have no worries in the world. And somehow you think that that's a good world that we would live in. That's a good society. It is not. At some point... The idea of this country, Bill, was if you work hard enough and if you have the dogged determination and the wherewithal and you catch a break or two, you can just make it in this world. And if you get real lucky and you're real smart or you're real good, you can really make it. That's the just underlying principles of capitalism. They want to take all of those away. They want to have you on your parents' health care until you're at least 26. God knows what that would really be if they had their way. They want to make sure that you get free housing, that you get free college, that you don't. In some cases, they want you to just, we'll just give you money. Here, just take money. We're doing this in Boston now and with some limited families in Chelsea. Here's free money because we don't even want you to worry about doing that. But that, to me, is an America bill and they're saying this stuff out loud now that used to be whispered but now they're they're like actually running on that and i think that's frightening i do 6172666868 another thing they're running on Ranked choice voting. It's ballot question two on your ballot. If you've voted early, you already know about it. If you haven't, you're going to have to make a decision on this next Tuesday. We're going to speak to the leading opponent of question two when we come back. First, it's one o'clock. Let's get a 60 second check of headlines here on RKO. (laughs) Hour number two of VB in the Middle on AM 680 WRKO. We are eight days away from the election now. And again, I know record numbers have already voted in some stupid fashion and i know that that's going on um but for me i'll be voting next tuesday in person as will my wife and so as we continue to deal with election day one of the things i think we got to do this week is tackle these ballot questions there's two of them here in massachusetts as a general rule if you are familiar with me at all i've told you if you don't know anything about ballot questions generally defer to no Because usually ballot questions are trying to do something, and if you don't know anything else, you don't want the government doing something. This year's a little trickier for me It's because I'm a yes on one and I'm a no on two. It's it's question two that I want to talk about today, though. This would be ranked choice voting. Um, It has come to Massachusetts. There is a big push on to get this thing done, and there is an interesting column in the Globe of all places today. Matt Stout, really good job by him, tip of the hat. He has the the headline, Who are the out-of-state billionaires backing ranked choice voting in Massachusetts? With that as our jumping off point, I thought we would talk to Anthony Amore today. He's the spokesperson for the No On 2 committee. Anthony, welcome to VB in the Middle.
9: Hey, VB, thanks for having me.
1: For those that don't know Anthony, he ran uh, for Secretary of State last time around uh, and lost to Bill Galvin. Anthony is a Republican. Now, Anthony, for those that don't know, with, like, 30 seconds to a minute, can you best explain ranked choice voting and how it would work if this passed?
9: Sure. Well, I'll try because it is an incredibly confusing system. And um, uh, what it it consists of is you will see a ballot with – multiple candidates on it. And when you go into the voting booth, you instead of choosing one that you favor choosing your preferred candidate, you will go in and you can rank them. If you wish, you can rank all of them, or you could just choose one. Um, and if one of the candidates does not reach 50%, rank choice procedures kick in. And what happens is that the person who finished last in the election is eliminated. And the people who voted for that last place finisher has their second Place choice redistributed to the other finishers uh, until one of the candidates hits 50% and is declared a winner. That's uh, essentially how it works. I, I often tell people when you go into the ballot booth, try to read the description. It's much more technical, and you'll see just how confusing the system is.
1: So we've seen this up in Maine, for example, where there is a there was a congressional race last time around where neither got 50%. And the guy that won more votes than the opponent lost because of ranked choice voting and is now not there. And we've seen this across the country where I, I, I guess in theory you can at least see where people are coming from. If a race is too close to call, but then there was this third or fourth party that because they got some support – You know, in other words, we all get back to 2000, right, where Pat Buchanan was getting votes down in Florida, and what if Pat Buchanan wasn't on the ballot? Who would have won? Would it have been Gore or uh, Bush? And I guess in theory that's the thing you're trying to eliminate. But to me, Anthony, what they do is they make this ridiculously complicated, and they're asking the voter – to pay a lot more attention than voters have shown they're interested in paying at this point.
9: Without a doubt, Phoebe. That's a very good way to put it. And I would tell your listeners, for an example, uh, in terms of voter interest, in 2018, everyone knows, uh, you would think, knows Jeff Deal, who ran for Senate against Elizabeth Warren a very high-profile race. Uh, Jeff spent millions of dollars. He worked his tail off. Uh, He's a good man. He, he, He made a huge effort. And uh was on TV and on radio. And a couple of, couple of days before the election, uh, a poll of registered voters said that 36% did not know who Jeff Deal was. So that gives you an indication of um, uh, voter interest in examining candidates. So if now, if you put five people on a ballot, you'll have an untold percentage of voters going in and just guessing um, when they try to rank these people. Uh, they don't have to rank them. But if you don't rank everyone... Then, if it kicks into a ranked choice voting system, your ballot goes out, and you're out in terms of uh, how the ultimate decision is made. Those are called. Well, that's a key point, ballots.
1: Anthony. Right. So let's say, yep. so so we're you know we're talking about court packing obviously in this presidential election, but let's say ranked choice is a thing here in Massachusetts in say 2028. 20, By then, we'll know how it works. It's not too hard to envision a scenario where they they sort of ballot pack and you end up with, you know, a dozen candidates in a race. And if you fill out 11 of the 12 candidates, but not the 12, you may not be participating in the way you think you are.
9: Exactly right. Your ballot becomes what is called exhausted. And this is critically important, though confusing. If your ballot is exhausted, your ballot is removed from the denominator when they determine the 50% moving forward. So as a result, in the main election you mentioned that Bruce Poliquin, quote unquote, lost his uh, seat, the ultimate winner didn't get 50 percent of the votes from all the people. That person got 50 percent of the remaining votes. So when you look at the actual numbers that the person who won still didn't reach 50 percent, he, he got somewhere around 49 and 49 and a percent of the vote because all the exhausted ballots were kicked out on top of that VB. Because the ballot is so confusing, wherever they have ranked choice voting, a large number of ballots are called what they're called spoiled because they're filled out incorrectly. So, for instance, in Minneapolis, you saw 10 percent of the ballots kicked out of the system because of errors. So imagine that one out of every 10 of your listeners will have their ballot thrown out because they made a mistake on it. It's just a bad system that a number of places passed and then repealed because it doesn't work.
1: We're speaking to Anthony Amore. He's the spokesperson for the No on 2 committee. Uh, and in the interest of honesty, I'll just tell you, I'm a big no on 2. One of the reasons why, Anthony, is I try to keep things as simple as possible. I think voting should be one of them. Why do I do that? Well, let's look at Pennsylvania, for example. Anybody ever heard of the phrase naked ballot? i never had it was never a thing except this year it has become a thing in pennsylvania why because we're all of a sudden obsessed with early voting so pennsylvania made their system such that you had to fill out an envelope and put a ballot in the envelope but then to protect the integrity of that ballot you had to put that sealed envelope into another envelope and you had to mark that envelope correctly Send it in, and if you did all of those things, your ballot would be counted. If you didn't do those things, your ballot is a naked ballot. And we know from Pennsylvania that the second they sent these things out, they started getting large numbers of what are called naked ballots. Why do I bring all of this up? One, because I like saying naked ballot, obviously. Two, what it shows you, Anthony, is that people... As much as you would like to think that people are locked in like a laser and they're paying attention and they're taking notes and they know just what to do once they're told how to do it, they don't, and they can't, and they're not, and there's no better, easier proof than what's going on in Pennsylvania right now.
9: You're exactly right, and the proponents of ranked choice voting will say, you know, voters in Massachusetts are very sophisticated. They can do this, and my response to that is, I'm not saying they're not sophisticated, but... People in Massachusetts have busy lives. They get a lot of things going on. They needn't learn a new voting system now. Um, Like you said, the way we vote now is incredibly simple, and that's how it should be. Voting should be easy and accessible to everyone. In Maine, uh, when they passed it, the pro-ranked-choice voting people distributed a pamphlet on how to do it. It was 19 pages long. I don't know about you, but I don't want to read a 19-page pamphlet. I just want to go in and choose the person I like the best.
1: Yeah. There's a yard sign that I like, or the guy's got a policy position that I like, or the woman's new and fresh and I'm all for it. Like whatever your reason, I don't care. You could be as locked in on policy or you just might like the, the way the person carries himself. Like I think Trump got a lot of votes that way back in 16. Fine. But the idea that we now need to know everything about everybody, and we're going to go in there with this notepad or this cheat sheet, and we're going to know to put a one here and a seven there or a red sticker here, or however you're going to do it. Man, people can't even get their names on the line. People don't even know whether to put an X in the circle or fill in the circle. We remember, there was a, uh, I don't know if you remember this case, Anthony, but there was a state rep race out in Worcester where the thing was decided by four people. So it got to a recount. And what they realized was that several people in that election had circled the circle. They didn't fill it in or they didn't put an X and they weren't sure what that meant and whether those ballots could count or not. If you've got someone circling a circle, do you honestly think they can be ranking the candidates in order of preference?
9: And then once they do rank them in Maine, it took eight days to get the election results because of the computer system you need to, to count these votes. And then if you do a hand recount, it's that much more complicated. And on top of all this, I'm so glad you mentioned Matt Stout's article today because he's given this great reportage. And um, you see that over $9 million has come in from out of state to get this on the ballot. That's the reason people are voting on this. Billionaires from outside Massachusetts spent $340,000 to get 200,000 signatures. So people who aren't Massachusetts citizens are determining what Massachusetts citizens will vote on in order to change the way we vote. And you have to wonder why are outside billionaires trying to determine how elections happen in Massachusetts? It's troublesome.
1: And also <laughs> I mean our billionaire is good now
0: we like It is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win
1: billionaires now if we're on the left? What's what how does it work? We just pick and choose when billionaires are the great Satan and when they actually are doing some good? What what's the rule on that?
9: Oh well that's the way it works now. I mean billionaires are bad unless they think the right way, like Tom Steyer or Michael Bloomberg, then they're then they're A a-okay but Bill Gates, right. So you have to look into what the motivations are people that are are making such an effort to change the way we vote in Massachusetts.
1: I've always said, look, I'm open to change. If the thing that you're replacing is broken, absolutely. If the thing that you're bringing is better than the current thing, absolutely. But if the thing you're bringing is way more complicated, doesn't really make sense, and at best just muddies the waters at worst, just absolutely makes this a cockamamie convoluted thing. Why would we do that thing? And to me, that's what this looks like, this, this ranked choice voting.
9: Well, the pro side will say two reasons. Number one, ranked choice voting will help break the duopoly of Democrats and Republicans. And that's, in theory, what it would do. In practice, it never has anywhere, ever. No third party has ever risen because of ranked choice voting. No third party candidate has ever risen because of ranked choice voting. The second thing they say it'll do is ensure that the winner always gets over 50%. In fact, a study from the Maine Policy Institute showed in over 90 elections 61 percent still did not get 50 percent of the election so even in the best case scenario vb the system doesn't provide or produce what its proponents say it will it's a failure and that's why it was repealed in aspen colorado in auburn michigan uh, burlington vermont the most liberal of places the state of north carolina it doesn't work
1: anthony is there a website if people want to find out more about this issue
9: there is VB. The website is rankedchoiceisnochoice.com.
1: Rankedchoiceisnochoice.com. Anthony Amore, spokesman for the spokesperson for the No One Two Committee. I appreciate the time and uh, keep getting the word out.
9: Thanks so much, VB. Appreciate it.
1: 617-266-6868. Let's take some calls on this when we come back. Where do you stand on ranked choice voting? I'd love to speak to somebody who, who thinks, yes, let's do this, and I'd love to have sort of the argument on it. But where do you stand on question two on the November 3rd ballot? In favor of, opposed to, not sure yet on ranked choice voting. Let's kick it around when we return. 617-266-6868. It's VB, and you're in the middle on WRKO. just had Anthony Amore on. He is the spokesperson for the No on 2 Committee, which is the No on Ranked Choice Voting. It's the ballot question number two on the November 3rd ballot. And I just want to kick this around with you for a couple of minutes here. What do you make of Ranked Choice Voting? Yay? Nay? Unsure? Where are you coming down on it? I've told you my view. I'm, a, I'm not only a no, I'm a hard no on this one. Not even a question, but... I know people in my life who think absolutely they would. And the presidential elections, one of them, they're like, I wish there was some other people on that ballot. So and in some states there is. Kanye's on the ballot in some states. Um, but because they don't really love either of these two, and they would be happy to not have it be where I just have to vote for them, et cetera, et cetera. I think, look, at some point you have to make a decision, and you have to say, this is the person I want to get this position and the rest of it be damned. We don't need, like, safety nets or yeah, buts, yeah, buts, yeah, buts. Yeah, buts just make things complicated. But that's my view of it. Where do you come down on it? 617-266-6868. Jim's in the car. Jim, you're next on RKO.
8: Hey, VB. How you doing?
1: Hey, Jim. What do you make of ranked choice voting? Uh, Oh, It's miserable. Miserable, miserable. I mean, bottom line is it
8: takes someone's vote and gives it more power over another vote. If I want just one person, if I want candidate A, I vote for candidate A, but if you want candidate C, but you know they're a low priority voter, so, well, I'll vote for C, but then I get B, your vote all of a sudden has more power, and that's not right. Everyone's vote should be an equal one man, one vote, one woman, one vote.
1: there should be no extra power given to a vote. That's the way it's always been, Jim. Right? But the question is now: Do we do it a different way? I'm trying to Hell envision this. No. I'm trying to envision the scenario where this makes sense. For example, I appreciate the call, Jim. Suck up, are you back there. Lightning is off today, so I got E Dub and Suck Up back there, man in the fort. The reason why I asked for Suck Up is he's a New Hampshire resident, yes sir, and he he tends to vote a little more to the left than others. Let's put it that way. Leading heart uh, liberal. So, Suck up as a hard liberal. Do you know how many names were on the uh, February Democratic primary ballot in your state of New Hampshire? Do you remember? I think
2: there was around like 15. Uh, but honestly, I stopped paying attention after Andrew Yang because he was my number one. But that didn't work out so well. Yeah, I think originally it was 33. 30. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I uh, for example,
1: like, do you remember Tom Steyer? Oh yeah, he had those really weird ads, <laughs> but uh, I didn't
2: like him at all. He was just weird with the bow tie. Yeah, no.
1: Well, he had that plaid tie, but yeah, no. Marion Williamson, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Michael Bennett. For these are the well-known names, but then you get into people like. Um, do you know who Sam Sloan was? I mean, Duvall was on the our former governor was on the ballot up there. So yeah, that was
2: always weird. And there's also this one dude, like Rocky something. He runs every single election. Yeah. I've never even seen his name or his Rocky face anywhere. Rocky He was yeah, on the I ballot. Am, yeah. So
1: well, what would happen in that case, you've got th- – so you would have to rank 33 names for the New, uh, new Hampshire Democratic primary. You would have to know who they are. So in other words, you'd get to, like, choice 25 suck-up. You'd been paying pretty close attention. But then you were trying to figure out – I don't know, Henry Hughes or Rocky De La Fuente. Which one do I want more? And you're supposed to it. make an educated decision on that. And if you don't, you leave one of them blank of the 33, your ballot gets tossed if no one gets to 50% under this proposal here in Massachusetts. And what I'm telling you is once you understand that this is the game, people are going to flood the ballot with – contestants for lack of a better term, to ensure that no one gets to the 50% so then we can go into the chaos mode. What you gotta ask yourself is this, if somehow you are foolish enough to run for office, you've somehow convinced yourself that that's a good idea and you fall for the old, I wanna make a difference line, not realizing that they are gonna chew you up, spit you out and probably ruin your life in the process because that often happens. And I applaud anyone who does it because I don't know why you would go through that meat grinder, but people do it. God bless them. But if you decided that you wanted to go for this, is that how you want your fate to be dealt, your die to be cast, whatever line you want it to be? You want to get 48% of the vote and your opponent gets 42% of the vote. But then there's these three other candidates that get like 1%, 2 3%. And all of their ballots are are broken down and are tossed out. And suddenly it's like 49-47, but you've still got a couple of more candidates that get like 0.8% and 0.7%. And in the end, by the time they finally come to a conclusion, you lose 50.1 to 49.9, even though you'd beaten that other person by 5% in the first run. Is that how you want to do this? Because that's what they're telling you. And I know in theory you go, But it's really like up in New Hampshire, obviously, you know, Bernie is going to be my first choice. I'm speaking for Suck Up Dave here. Bernie's going to be my first choice, but Warren would have been my second choice. Okay, but the idea that it's going to be that obvious and it's going to be that clear cut where you're deciding between two of the same people because for some reason they couldn't work it out and they're both running so you want to make sure that one of those two gets it not that other guy so then it would count your vote but it would never be that way if that's how the votes are going to be counted that's you're why i don't always like caucuses. going to play it right right which is a whole other issue right i'm not a big fan of caucuses as it turns out but that's what this is sort of that version just ask yourself, when you watch Iowa, when you saw Iowa this year, did you think, yeah, that that makes sense. I like the way they're doing it. Or did you think, man, why are they still going this route? Vegas, uh, Nevada does the same thing. And every time we go through them, I'm like, how are we still doing caucuses in 2020? This is like that. So that's why I'm a hard no. 617-266-6868. More of your calls. Where do you stand on ranked choice voting? Question two on the November ballot. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. Lightning as he is today. Go to the Cinderella. That keeps the host happy. It just does. Now, we're talking about ranked choice voting, and we'll take more of your calls in just a second. I just want to alert you. That story in the news there about the uh, ballot box that was set on fire in Boston, I'm going to talk about that coming up because that story represents everything about America in 2020. And a knee jerk reaction without knowing any facts to anything, and then telling us exactly what's happened, even though you can't possibly know anything about it. And then when the story, the facts come out and they don't fit what you say, you then just keep saying what you were saying anyway. That's the first problem with it. The second problem, that story has now resulted in hard consequences. The Secretary of State has apparently made some determinations on how we are to proceed going forward. And they're nuts. It's absurd. One of them is just an absolute head-scratcher. We'll get into it in just a few minutes. First, some more calls on ranked choice voting. It's question two on the ballot. Where do you stand on it? Yes, no, not quite sure. If you're not sure, I'd love to talk to you because I want to help sway you one way or the other, at least get you the information you need. Let's go back to the phones. Rich is in the truck. Rich, you're next on RKO. Hey, VB. Hey, Rich.
4: uh, When I first heard this ranked choice voting thing, I, I right away said, this is just another way to complicate the vote and try to steal, you know, the vote away from somebody else because why else, you know, so you could just, in other words, you could just flood whatever race the race is about, you could just flood that with your own people to siphon off votes and then hope. You know, mathematically, in the end, that you get rid of the other person, or your your candidate wins. It's a, and then when I heard you mention, when your uh, callers mentioned that, um, or oh, the guy you were speaking to at the beginning said they put out a 19-page pamphlet. Yep. Anything that has a a long, lengthy, complicated like explanation, I think of like credit cards. Anything that has a long, it, it's all meant to trick you. So why don't you just vote, and whoever wins that vote with the highest number, you win. And just leave well enough alone. I understand, you know, the electoral votes, that's because you can't have, like, one state that has, you know, a bigger population have all the control. That's why we have the electoral college. But as far as, you know, regular, you know, local elections and stuff, just give it the vote to the, uh, you know, to the winner and leave it at that. I'm an absolute no, in other words. I appreciate the call, Rich. And yeah, that's what
1: <laughs> – yeah. well, what you got to do here is got to say, okay – Let's say we're starting from scratch and we're trying to determine right now. I don't know what just happened. It sounds like an airplane just went through Rich's truck. I have a
4: breathalyzer in my truck. Sorry.
1: <laughs> that explains it. All right, Rich, I'm going to say thank you for the call and I'm going to bid you adieu lest we get to that breathalyzer again. Uh, in the meantime, I will tell you, it's like we're starting from scratch and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do elections going forward on the one hand you could do it where whoever gets the most votes wins on the other hand you could do
0: whoever it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win
1: We're going to put in some weird rules that, or we're going to put in some rules. I don't want to skew it too much. We're going to put in some rules that unless you get a certain amount of the votes, other rules then kick in that can directly affect the number of votes that you get, but also that your opponent gets, and it can increase them such that you could have been winning and then you can be losing, or you could be losing and you could be winning. Now, just on its face, which one of those makes sense to you? Look, 30 people want to run for an office? 30 people run for office. Whoever gets the most votes wins. That's one way to do it. Or 30 people run for office, but if no one gets a certain amount of votes, we start one by one kicking off the person that finished last and counting the, the second most important person on those ballots if they were marked accordingly. If they weren't, we throw them out, period. And suddenly the voter totals get smaller and smaller as we go along the overall macro while the micro increase has anybody not been paying attention to what's going on in the world right now where no one knows what the hell's going on no one knows who's doing what no one has information one thing that social media has done you would think with more information at your hands you would get smarter does anybody think we're getting smarter So while we're not getting smarter, we're going to ask more of the average voter. We can't ask them to show up on the day of an election because, nah, they're just too busy. So we're going to let them vote a month in advance. But also, while they're voting a month in advance, we're going to ask them to consider multiple, and in some cases, dozens of candidates, and to have informed opinions of all of those people, and then fill out the ballot accordingly much to our specifications, or else the ballot will get tossed. How can those two make sense together? They can't. And that's why you've got to be concerned about it, that they're just trying to pull a fast one on you. Let's just stick to what works, which is that the guy, that, guy, woman, or no gender, whatever, that gets the most votes, they win the election. Marie's in Boston. Marie, you're next on RKO.
5: I saw this on TV this morning. I have the book, but I, I didn't read it yet. But when I saw Elizabeth Warren, that she was forward, to say yes, then I'm voting no.
1: <laughs> I think it's pretty simple, and right? I think uh, there's, all, there's
5: a... All, this all people have to see. Who's saying yes, then you vote no.
1: That's always a good policy, Marie. And it's especially to people that you don't agree with. I think Deval Patrick's for this. I think Bill Weld is for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I mean... It, it's, all, it's all the rhinos that are for it, and I'm not. I, I I am voting no. Like I say, I have the book, but I didn't read it yet. And When I saw that this morning, I said, "Oh!" When I saw her, I said, "No, it's the no vote." <laughs> and
1: I, that's it's it. so funny you said that, Marie. There's a story out today that apparently progressives are pushing Biden to not only consider but to absolutely say that Elizabeth Warren, of all people, will be his secretary of the Treasury should he Why, win the yes. presidency? Mm-hmm. You've, you've heard mm-hmm. this. Well, I heard my it. thought was exactly like, – I had you in my mind, Marie. I just didn't know it was you specifically at the time. The second I saw that story, I thought to myself, are these people that foolish that they are stupid that they don't realize that that might affect more votes the other way than the way they think? In other words, Marie might be sitting there going, I don't know what I think here because they're both crazy and I don't like either one of them. But now I'm going to consider Warren as the Treasury Secretary? That might I push know. her over the edge to go the other way. Why would they say this out loud?
6: <laughs> I don't
5: know. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, very, it's I'm telling you, it's very, very scary today. Very, 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 very scary. Very scary. If people don't pay attention, it's very, very scary. Marie, i appreciate
1: the call Um, and stay stay informed and by informed i mean you don't need to get all the information on your side you just need to know what the other side's doing because again that is a really good policy what are they doing okay i'll go the other way because that has served her well throughout time her time she knows what they're doing and she doesn't like it so if they're telling you this is a good idea then no, she's not real interested. 617-266-6868. A few more calls on this ranked choice voting, yay or nay. We haven't gotten any yays yet. If you're in favor of it, I'd love to hear from you. And then i got to talk about that ballot situation, that ballot box situation outside of the BPL over the weekend because that story's got some issues. We'll do, we'll do all that when we return. It's VB, you're in the middle on RKO. One of my favorite rejoins. I'd like Lightning is off today. I'd like to think she's somewhere enjoying some Tutti Frutti ice cream even though I don't know that she's ever had Tutti Frutti ice cream, but that caller trying to stick her was just <laughs> it was just classic. So we're talking about ranked choice voting. There's a story in the today's Boston Globe that billionaires from out of state, uh, one is Rupert Murdoch's daughter actually, another is this guy from Texas, Houston to be specific. They're pouring they have already poured $9.8 almost $10 million, into Massachusetts to try and get ballot question number two, ranked choice voting, passed here in the Commonwealth to make that law. I'm asking you, where do you stand on it? I'm a hard no, by the way, for what it's worth. 617-266-6868. Let's go back to the phones. Jerry is in the car. Jerry, you're next on RKO. Hey,
8: VB. I stand with you. I'm a hard no. And it's hard not to kind of repeat ourselves because you know there's really only limited space you can talk about this thing. But two things: first of all, this is absolutely a a uh, an end around for the electoral college. That is the motivation behind this uh, to eventually flood an election so that the Republicans, who are a smaller number of people, end up having a harder time. Second of all. One of the arguments they use is, if you see in the commercial, is, "Did you ever have a vote and hold your nose?" That you know, that kind of argument. Yep. If this passes, the reasons why your votes can now be discounted or or set aside or not counted, not only do the uh, rules that presently exist, like signature doesn't match, or um, an improperly filled out ballot, not only do they stay, on top of that. Now you've got the rank-choice choice voting math that comes into it. So if this passes, the, the opportunity for your vote to not be counted increases exponentially. So ultimately, it takes your voice away from the voting process, which is what they're trying to tell you the entire purpose of this initiative is to do, is to give you more voice.
1: This Jerry, is a classic
8: it's... example of liberals telling you you're something when they themselves
1: are. And also, they're thinking that the, lo- the world is going to stay where it is, especially in Massachusetts, and we're, for- we're forever going to be this liberal state where it's only liberal candidates that run, and so no matter what, they're not going to lose because they're going to get their ranked liberal candidate one way or the other. But, of course, we know that the world changes and things change. It wasn't always that way. Yeah, here. I don't have as much faith as you do. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it's going to be in my lifetime, Jerry, but it is possible, at least in theory. That's number one. But But more importantly one thing we know about people i'm one of them sometimes we go to the ballot box not so much to vote for somebody but to vote against somebody and what this does is it makes you vote for that person even if they're one out of 33 you still have to vote for them you have to put a number like i counted yeah and i don't otherwise exactly otherwise so in other words let's say for me, I have always, I would never vote for Hillary Clinton under any circumstances. It's just a thing. I, I don't like her, can't stand her, actually. And I, I just refuse. I will not vote for her. Under ranked choice voting, if I don't put a number or a mark next to her, if the fir- my first choice doesn't get 50%, they then go to this your ranked choice. And my ballot, ballot's gone.
8: Ballot
1: yeah, it's it gone aspires. right then. So now I have saying? to You're, vote for her.
8: The reasons to discount your vote are increased uh, exponentially. And before, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I just want to get this in before I get off the, off the phone. I understand your job comes with certain necessities, and one is to stay involved in social media. But I want to chastise you for staying on Twitter. After what they've done with the New York Post story, we need people to stand up to Twitter and say, If you behave like that, there are going to be consequences, and one of those consequences is I'm taking myself off your platform. I understand lots of people will be disappointed, but until more people push back against Twitter for their behavior, they're going to keep doing it.
1: Jerry, I actually debate Twitter. It's not so much that story, although I don't like what they did there, obviously. Um, And they're still doing it, by the way. As far as I know, the New York Post Post endorsed Trump today, but they can't tweet that out because their Twitter page is still locked which is crazy. It's going to be locked until after the election. But uh, Twitter is just too damn nasty. It's just, it's not healthy. Uh, So I I, I have been considering how I want to use and work with Twitter going forward. But for now, I just try and limit the amount of uh, people that I follow and the amount of things that I allow myself to get worked up about on Twitter. It's not, because that thing is such a cesspool. It's un- it's just ridiculous, and it will suck you down, and it will choke you every time you let it. it's It's so gross, But it does have an upside still. So and again, with my kids, I'll give you an example, Jerry. One of the sites I follow is Presidential trivia. Why? Because periodically they have some weird random fact of one of our presidents that I can use for educational purposes with my kids and myself for that matter. But I can point out something to them. And I, I was doing this yesterday as a matter of fact with them and every so often, and there's a couple of baseball sites. I show my son too, cause he's getting into this stuff now and he wants to know about the old school players. Dad, is that old school? Yeah, that's Mickey Mantle, son. And so we do that thing. That's how, that's where I try to use it. The rest of it, man, is just gross. It's every time I go on Twitter, I feel like I gotta shower again because it is so gross. It really is. Well, you know it.
8: Su- I'm here to support you, V B, if you make that decision. <laughs>
1: I appreciate it, Jerry. I'm I'm trying to rank choice Twitter in my mind and whether I wanna after six <laughs> ballots, whether I wanna still con- continue to use it or not. I haven't decided yet. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate the call. Russ is in Boston. Russ, you're next here in RKO. Ranked choice voting, Thanks. Russ.
3: VB, no on ranked choice voting. The goal is to push fringe and violent Nazi and globalist candidates. It's very easy for me. I know the left wing useful idiots in my neighborhood, and they have yes on two. So I know vote no on two. But I must bring up question one. Question one, okay, is being falsely advertised by the no on one. If you look at the voter information put out by the Secretary of State, Compared to the misleading advertising, you know, what I want to know, the attorney general allowed this misleading advertising to go on. And I question, does she have a dog in this fight to allow this propaganda to go on on the no on one?
1: We'll get into one later in the week. I, I, there, that one. Now you're going to sidetrack me a little bit, Russ, but only for a minute, because that's all the time I got. <laughs> so I appreciate the call, Russ. But I'll just tell you this on question one. <laughs> I I get that some there have been ballot questions in my life that have been perfect, uh, purposely confusing. There was a I, I forget the year it was now, but there was a gay marriage ballot question, which actually flipped the voting. If you were if you were for it, you were supposed to vote no. And it was all sorts of complicated. But they had done the analytics on it and they they determined that the outcome they wanted was actually yes, and so the way you had to get there was to have people vote no, and it was a strange thing. This one, this question one here on whether or not you want repair shops to have access to your info, the amount of either misinformation or or fear that they're trying to put out on that question is just laughable and absurd to me. And I don't understand how it is that, we're not just able to keep that one simple. Do you want your local guy to be able to do what the big guy does? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? The only people that don't, that has to be, is some sort of big lobbying group. And what are they going to do? They're going to try and scare the bejesus out of you. But if you think your guy, the big guys, have access to your information, but they're keeping you safe, but the little guy's going to screw you over, really? So I don't know, maybe I'm, we'll we'll get into it later in the week. I don't want to get too distracted and too uh, off topic here. But I I laugh at the commercials that I'm hearing on both sides on that one because I just don't think it's that complicated. It's pretty simple. I'm just Joe Mechanic. I'd like to fix your car. I'd like to do it for your benefit. It would be great if I could have access to everything. Why would you say no to that? Why? And why would you say, oh, big guy gets it, but little guy doesn't? When does that ever make sense in America? But that's what you got to decide on. 617-266-6868. All right, it's 2 o'clock. We're going to get a quick 60-second check of headlines. Then we got to take a b- talk about that burned ballot box in Boston because that story's got me shaking my head. I'll explain why on the other side of this news break right here on RKO. <laughs> Hour number three of VB in the middle on AM 680 WRKO. I'm telling you, I don't care if you like baseball or not. That play... Oh man. I still I was showing it to my wife again last night during game five, which unfortunately the Rays lost four to two, even though they had multiple chances to win that one. Um and she she said it and she's right. She's like, Every time I watch this highlight I get goosebumps. It is it is unbelievable. Remarkable. It's what Steeler fans get when they Watch the Immaculate Reception all these many years later. It's what we see when we see Torrey Hunter's legs going over the fence as he can't get to David Ortiz's home run. It's what we see when we see Dave Roberts stealing the base. Tampa Bay now has one of those. Even if they don't win the series, it was that remarkable of a play. Just unbelievable. Sports, I don't – the thing I hate about baseball is it is so analytical now and so over-analytical they are taking – all of the life out of it and it's gross but in spite of that in spite of managers thinking they're super smart if they just look at things enough and they understand trends and they understand tendencies and all of this, and they move their people like their chess pieces in just the right position then they'll win every time and I hate that but in spite of all of that that can still happen in baseball. Game four of the World Series with two strikes in the ninth inning. A guy that has no business being in the game and nobody on his team or anybody, any of his fans want him at the plate at that moment. He's there because of a strange quirk. And he hits the ball to another guy who wasn't supposed to be there except for a strange quirk. And then all sorts of hell breaks loose, and it leads to one of the most chaotic plays in the history of the World Series. It's just fantastic. Fantastic. And that's why sports is great. No matter how much you try to control it, it still can get the better of you, and it's still unpredictable, and it's still awesome. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. And, man, if you haven't seen the play yet, just go to my Twitter, but find it anywhere. Quickly, before I get to the ballot box in Massachusetts story, Trump is giving a rally right now in Pennsylvania. It's in—I uh, don't know how to pronounce this town. L I L- T I T Z, Lititz. I'm going to put the accent on the li- lit, because I don't want to put it on the second part, Lititz, Pennsylvania. I don't know where Lititz, Pennsylvania is, but I can tell you this: behind Trump at the rally is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I see eight women. All of them wearing MAGA masks, by the way. And then I see two gentlemen. What's interesting about the two gentlemen is they appear to be Amish. I, by appearance, they're wearing straw hats, and they have gray beards with no mustaches. I, I, they look to be Amish. I, I don't know definitively. I hate to uh, profile, but they look to be Amish. The reason why I point this out, Dave, you and I were talking during the break. Suck up Dave is in for lightning today. Are the Amish big Trump supporters? I don't know. I don't know where the Amish stand. Are the Amish like a voting block or do they go independently? What's I don't know what the
2: rule is on that. Well, I mean Trump's gotta secure their vote because who know who else knows how to build something, build something quick and sturdy than the Amish. <laughs> and they believe in walls too. So. <laughs> yeah. But Also, if you're on Trump's team and you're one
1: of his advanced team and you go to this rally in Pennsylvania before the president gets there, generally we're told that they handpick who's on the stage behind the candidates, right? Both parties do that. Do you put the two Amish guys behind them? I mean, they're there. You can't not miss them. You can't. If you went tighter, you would have no crowd. It would just be Trump. So they're there in their straw hats. Although... And I don't want to say fake news here, suck up. But did you notice what I noticed? At least the guy in the front, he appears to be wearing earbuds. See? See when oh he my turns? Gosh,
2: yeah, he's turning. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, do the I don't Amish know when you wear earbuds? earbuds?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't boned up on my Amish since Harrison Ford was in that movie in the '80s, Witness. Maybe. So he's, I know uh... a lot has changed since then. But I didn't think that the Amish were using electronic devices like earbuds. Well, maybe he's a uh, cotton eared Joe. Well, that could be true. It is possible that that is just some sort of rudimentary noise suppressor that looks like an earbud because it's white, but maybe it's just cotton or some sort of cloth material stuffed into the ear. Maybe you're right. He also is that a leather jacket he's wearing, or what is that jacket he's got on? I mean, it's a pretty nice one. It is, although lie. I think they, you know, the Amish are clothed as a general rule, and I think they have gotten at least into the 19th century when it comes to clothing. So I don't think that's that out of character. The earbuds would be, but just on a scale of one to ten, suck up as you're looking at your screen right now. Where would you put that on the weirdness quotient?
2: I mean, coupled with the Amish, with a potential earpiece in the middle of a sea of women in uh, Letts, <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania, that's pretty high up there. I would say it's a seven out of ten right there. The only thing I wish
1: they had on those guys is, I, it, I don't know their story, but I wish that guy was wearing a keep the Amish great shirt, something like that. <laughs> and when he goes back to Amish country, is there, a, is there a portion of Amish country that like hates him and is throwing stuff at him as he comes back in? or What's the rule? Well, how does this go?
2: I mean, they're not going to find out until like 2022 that he was on TV.
1: <laughs> is he for early voting, the Amish guy? I doubt it. I assume they're not, but who knows? All right, anyway, that's a little sidetrack for you. So here's the story of the day for me, because this represents everything that's just nutty and nonsensical. There was a uh, situation that happened over the weekend in Boston. There is a ballot drop box that is out, It's right in front of the entrance to the Boston Public Library. So if you're an early voter, one of the places you can put your ballot is right here. Put it in the top, close the thing, you're good to go. Well... Early Sunday morning, and by early Sunday morning, I mean 4 a.m. Sunday morning. That ballot box caught on fire from the inside. It's a metal box, but it was burning on the inside. And what happened was somebody walked up to that box and apparently, allegedly, dropped something that was already on fire into the ballot box, thereby damaging several of the ballot's beyond recognition and damaging a whole bunch of other ones that apparently could be salvaged. But the the long and short of it is this person apparently tried to burn the contents of the ballot box. The story has spread, you'll pardon a pun, like wildfire. Why? Because as the Boston Globe headline on this story says, Boston ballot box set on fire, officials say, in, quote, Disgrace to democracy, end quote. So... This comes from a couple of places, but uh, Galvin apparently contacted the U.S. attorney, Andrew Lelling's office. Lelling then put out two pictures. I don't know how somebody would do this and not think that this would be caught on camera right in front of the BPL, but it was caught on camera. And so they got two semi-grainy stills of the person. One's from behind, and you can see in his left hand something that's burning, and the other is a profile pic of the guy that gives you a sort of sense of what he might look like. And then in the column... Galvin and Marty Walsh are both quoted, although it's unclear who used that exact line, but here's from the Globe. In a joint statement, Mayor Marty Walsh and Secretary of State Bill Galvin called the fire nine days before Election Day, quote, a disgrace to democracy, a disrespect to the voters fulfilling their civic duty, and a crime, end quote. So this story is spread all over the country, and people are talking about voter suppression. This is what the right does to keep people's votes from being counted, and this is how dirty this thing's going on, even up in Boston. My thought the second I heard this story uh, late yesterday was, this cannot be what they're trying to have us believe it is. And having worked in downtown Boston for a long time, I turned to my wife and I said, dollars to donuts, I bet this is either a homeless guy or a guy with serious mental issues, and this has nothing to do with voter suppression or destroying early ballots. It has to do with somebody that's just got issues. I still don't know that for a fact. We don't know it. All we know is now they have gotten somebody. They've made an arrest in this case. The, the person arrested, I won't use the name, but the person arrested was known to police and was in the area at that time when they got him. Make of that what you want. But there's nothing yet that says this was anything other than somebody who was a little bit off, either looking to just cause ge- generic destruction or or to make some sort of weird statement that makes no statement other than that you need to get some help. Here's how I knew that was the case. Suck up, e you and your car. If you wanted to affect the outcome of an election, would you destroy a, drop, uh, a ballot box drop in, in Boston or in Massachusetts? How would that serve any purpose? Every election in Massachusetts, the outcome's already been determined, right? What, what, the only questions you could affect would be the ballot questions. Question two seems to be kind of close, and I think question one's a little bit close, too. But all the congressional races, the presidential race, that stuff's already, we know how that's going to go. I mean, Biden has won the state. He's going to win at 65-35, if not greater. I know a lot of you say, that's not true, VB, you don't know. I do. Biden wins Massachusetts. It's not even close. You could set all the ballot boxes on fire you want. You're never going to affect that. Massachusetts will go for Biden as they go for Democratic candidates every time. And it's not even close. So what sense, if somebody was doing this as a real, like, conspiracy, like I'm trying to affect something, this would be the dumbest place possible to do it. Also, we know or I know because I spent an awful lot of time down in that area there's a lot of homeless people there and you know what homeless people do they do weird things at 4 in the morning when did this happen oh that's right 4 in the morning again I don't know the the suspect the person they have in question I don't know his story it is a he by the way I don't know his story I don't know much about him but i'm just telling you this is not some part of a national conspiracy to try and affect the outcome of the election and if it was that tells you even more that there's something wrong with a person if they think they're going to affect it based on doing something silly like this in boston but here's the long and short of it this is secretary of state bill galvin talking about what he
0: It is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win
4: If necessary, as we go down the stretch in this election and they need to police officers there, that's what they need to do. We'll deal with the compensation issues later.
1: We don't need police officers at ballot drop boxes. Do you know how expensive that would get? Are you going to do it 24-7? Are you going to do it just at night? Are you going to do it just on the weekend? Do you know how expensive that would get? Do you know what a detail cop makes an hour? That's number one. But that's not all Galvin's doing. <sighs> I... Galvin knows full well what this was, so why would we be making any decisions? And yet, this just came out a couple of minutes ago. Bill Galvin says that, according to Sharman Cicchetti of uh, Channel 5 here in Boston, Galvin is set to issue a directive to cities and towns calling for ballot boxes to be emptied and closed for Halloween night. I, this is crazy. This is just nuts. First of all, I still don't. We still haven't heard from Marty Walsh yet in Boston as to whether they're going to have trick or treating or not. My guess is they aren't. But you know what? They're not going to have in Boston. They're not going to have any Halloween parties because they've already been told no Halloween parties, and they'll get fined if they do. Well, if you can't be out doing Halloween, why are we shutting down the ballot boxes on Halloween night? Who's going to go do damage to them? But this is where we are in 2020 now: no trick or treating, no Halloween. Stay out of Salem on the one hand. On the other hand, yeah, also, we're going to lock down ballot boxes for early voting because some weirdo set a thing on fire Sunday morning at 4 a.m. for God knows why. But now we're going to have formal directives to not only just Boston, by the way. Galvin runs the state in terms of elections. We're going to do it to all cities and towns. So my city, which has no people setting fire to anything at 4 in the morning, in theory, now have to lock down our ballot drop box because this guy set the one in front of the BPL on fire. Welcome to Massachusetts, people. It makes zero sense. But this is what we do. We hyperventilate. We overreact as if we know this is a disgrace to democracy. I don't think this had anything to do with democracy. I just think think this had to do with other issues. And then we're going to react to that story, even though we know that that's not what happened. Because this is what we do in 2020. Ridiculous. All right, we'll take a break. Speaking of ridiculous, when we come back, I want to talk to you about Thanksgiving. Do you have plans for Thanksgiving? Do you know how you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving? Well, I'm going to tell you, actually I'm not, the governor of California is going to tell you why your plans are reckless and dangerous and why they won't be allowed in the state of California. I'll explain all that when we come back right here on our RKO. <laughs> So here's a question for you. Got any Thanksgiving plans? We know that Dr. Fauci has already said, you know, I'm very concerned about Thanksgiving, and we gotta figure out what we're gonna do there and how we're gonna act, et cetera, et cetera. We're gonna be careful. And he doesn't want these huge family celebrations because he thinks they could be a problem. Have you guys seen what Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has announced for Californians? and how they are to be celebrating Thanksgiving, just consider whatever your plans are and think about if they would fit the guidance, quote-unquote, the guidance in California. Now, remember, this is a place that had told people that if they are caught having a gathering of more than 10 people at their house, the water could be shut off at their house. And so now this is what the California governor is putting out for guidance on Thanksgiving. Are you sitting down for this? You should be, if you aren't. Grab a seat. Number one, Thanksgiving celebrations, which, by the way, what is a Thanksgiving celebration? It's usually dinner, right? Lunch, dinner, whatever time you eat. It's just a gigantic feed. Well, you know where you'll be doing that in California? Outside. Thanksgiving celebrations must be held outside, all caps. I don't know if you know this here in Massachusetts. uh, This Friday, the day before Halloween, there's a chance of snow. That's in October. And yet we're told in late November we are to have our big Thanksgiving feast outside if we want to have it. That's number one. Number two, guests at your Thanksgiving feast may use the indoor bathroom if the bathroom is sanitized. Hold on Uncle Frank. Let me go in there. I got to wipe everything down again cuz Aunt Susie was just in there 10 minutes ago. Boy, that sounds like fun. And by the way, guests may use the indoor bathroom if it's sanitized. Do you have an outdoor bathroom? I mean, I have woods. Am I telling Uncle Frank to go get make some room for some pumpkin pie in the woods? Gets worse masks are to be worn at all times except while eating so in other words as you're at the tables and you'll get to that in a second masks got to be on even though you're outside masks got to be on singing is strongly discouraged suck up you're going to be able to pass on that annual thanksgiving singing ritual
2: I mean, with all the famous Thanksgiving songs, I don't know if I can, VB.
1: <laughs> you know those Thanksgiving carols that y'all love to sing? What, what the hell? And then here's the kicker for you. You are to have no more than two hours together, a maximum of two hours with your guests celebrating Thanksgiving. So right off the bat, you decide you want to watch one of the Thanksgiving football games. Nope, I'm sorry. You can only watch a half because you're only to be together for two hours. Never mind eating, and however long that takes you, and whatever you do with Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. Two well, hours be eating Might take a little while with the another rule. What if we rotate though? What if we like go from table to table? Does that reset the clock, or do we? Is it still a running deal? Because apparently. Six feet is mandated in all directions between all tables and or otherwise seated areas. So there must be six feet between them. And then while at the table, there must be six feet between you and your guest, even though you're outside and even though you know these guys and even though neither of you have tested positive. This is how you are to celebrate. Sounds like a party, doesn't it, in California? Here's the kicker for you in the end. What, what just happened in L.A.? Didn't they just have celebrations because the Lakers won the NBA Finals? What's going to happen probably maybe tomorrow night, maybe Wednesday night? Chances are pretty good that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, and you know what's going to happen? People are going to flood the streets in L.A., just like they did when the Lakers won the Finals. And yet there's not going to be any guidance, there's not going to be any rules, and there's not going to be any crackdowns on people celebrating that. But if you try to celebrate Thanksgiving, they're coming for you. If you try to have an indoor Thanksgiving celebration, you're out of whack with California, and they're going to be mad at you. And if your guests use your indoor bathroom and it's not sanitized, oh, you'll be answering to the governor of California. If I was Trump, I would be tweeting this so fast, and I would be using it on his stump speeches for the rest of the week. This, this is what happens When the hard left gets in power, they start controlling every aspect of your life all the way down to they will tell you how to celebrate Thanksgiving. They will tell you what you're thankful for, and they'll tell you how you're going to do that. Is that what you want? That's what I would be saying if I was Trump, because that is so easy to understand and for people to say, yeah, no, I'm good on that. Thank you. I don't need Gavin Newsom to tell me what Thanksgiving's all about. I live 20 minutes from Plymouth, for God's sakes. But this is going on. 617-266-6868. It is remarkable, mind-boggling, and yet it's also 2020. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Suck Up Dave has an interesting little story that I saw over the weekend. It's going to get me to ask you, if you had it to do all over again, what's the one thing you'd do differently? I'll explain when we come back right here on VB in the Middle on RKO. (laughs) you might just send me a story about an Amish parade for Trump. So apparently this is a thing. We were speculating. Trump's still in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, and there's a couple of Amish guys right behind him on the stage, or what looked to be Amish guys. But apparently Trump is big in Amish country, for what it's worth. I, again, 2020. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> By the way, E-Dub is back there. He and Up are in for lighting today. Edub, dub do you got that Biden quote on the George thing? I'll play that one more time if we can, because there's a there's an update on this.
7: What kind of country we're going to be four more years of Georgia, uh, George, uh, he He's uh, going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world.
1: The explanation that is that is coming out, it's not coming from Biden or it's not coming from the person that was doing the interviewing, although you think they would have clarified this immediately if this is true. But the story that is being floated now is that Biden said that while he was having an interview or a conversation with the comedian George Lopez. So that's why he was saying George. Simple question for you, does that change your opinion of the thing? I mean, for me, it changes it a little, but it's still always been about what I told you it was at the beginning, which is I'm much more interested in how we all have brain farts. I mean, that happens all the time. And we all you know, lock in on something and say, I had one yesterday where my wife said, I think you meant because I was talking about somebody I had talked to 10 minutes before on the phone. But it's about how your mind tries to catch up to it. And you can hear Biden's just totally he's like running up against a brick wall as he's trying to figure out why he's got the wrong name. That's the part that gets me in the thing. Not that he said the name George or that he was, he was talking, he thinks he's running against George W. Bush. No, it's not that it's that he got locked on a brain freeze and he could, he was having trouble getting himself out of it until his wife, who clearly has been here many times with him, she just whispers it, and she whispers it so softly, you can't hear it. You can only sort of see her lips move when you watch the clip. So, again, supposedly he was talking to George Lopez for what it's worth, if that changes your view of the soundbite in any way, shape, or form. I just uh, share that with you. Sock up. I want to talk to you quickly, because uh, you tweeted something. You don't tweet that much anyways, but you tweeted something this weekend. I think this was a first, because it got my attention. And I said... That's actually kind of interesting. What was it that you tweeted and why?
2: Uh, I had tweeted that uh, in response to one of my friends that uh, one of my biggest regrets was that I uh, never worked in New Zealand because I'd applied for a work visa in 2019. And I never went there because, uh, you know, for reasons, family reasons, I don't want to leave them alone. And I would have preferred to be in New Zealand for 2020 because they don't have any more COVID cases. And I don't like this virus too much. But. What I noticed about that tweet was that you actually
1: had applied for a work visa and gotten it. You you were ready to go. Did you have a job already lined up in New Zealand, or were you just like, I'm just picking New Zealand because?
2: Uh, I did not have a job lined up. However, um, I was looking into some of the most needed jobs, and one of it was radio, and the other one, was strangely enough, was baristas. I were baristas, and I am both uh, proficient in radio and, you know, The mixing of coffee really well so i was like oh i could fit in right well easily (laughs) enough
1: so scale of one to ten how close were you to going to new
2: zealand uh to the point where i had saved up the uh two thousand dollars that you were needed to actually prove that you could afford it um by not buying anything for like the last eight months so i would say uh i was about to tell my actually my parents don't even know this i was about to tell my entire family and my parents that hey i'm going to be gone for the next year year and a half maybe more so probably eight out of ten all right so without knowing too much more about the circumstances it sounds an awful
1: lot to me like dave was going to be on the run from the law and i don't know the backstory on that and i don't want to pry but i'm on to you dave have some emails man So you were like, I need to get as far away from this country if possible if they get any closer to me than they already are. That's what it sounds like was happening. But here's what I want to know. You ever do what Dave didn't do? I'm not one of these guys, but I want to come to you because Dave, he and I got into this little conversation about, ah, what might have been and regrets and, man, if I had it to do over again. I mean, you claim that you would genuinely go to New Zealand if you had it to do over again.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely because I'm also a big Lord of the Rings fan and that's where they shot all of the Lord of the Rings movies, so, you know. I Great have seen all idea
1: those. to make a life-altering decision based on something as significant as that. So, I applaud that. Uh, but here's what I want to know. 617-266-6868. We got about 20 minutes here. If you ever made a life-altering decision like Dave was contemplating, especially when you were in like your your 20s. Like, I had this choice to make and you went for it, how did it go? And if you had it to do over again, would you do it again? Or, wow, that was a really bad decision as it turned out. Because I'd love to, Dave has this romantic idea in his head that he made a, a bad decision not going to New Zealand, and if he had gone to New Zealand, things would be awesome and he would be killing it right now. So if you made such a decision in your 20s, it doesn't have to be you went to New Zealand, but you just made a big, you know what, I need a change, or I need to go find myself, or I need to... remember Teddy Roosevelt, when his wife and daughter, wife and mother died, Teddy Roosevelt moved to the, I think it was the Dakotas for a while, just, look, I gotta get out of here, I'm just going, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gone, and he did it, and he came back, said he was forever better for it, et cetera. Et cetera. If you ever made one of those decisions that Dave had where he was kicking around, I'm going to go to New Zealand for a while and just see what happens. If you did that, how did it go? And if you had it to do over again, would you do what you did? By the way, if you are Dave and you were contemplating such a move and you didn't do it, do you still regret it? 617-266-6868. I was a simple man. I was born in Massachusetts. I've always liked being in Massachusetts, and I never really contemplated, yeah, you know what, i got to go find out what life is like in the Deep South, or i got to go work on a crab boat in Alaska, although I do have friends that did that, by the way. Uh, but I, this wasn't one for me, Dave. I'd never been where you were. But I have a feeling a lot of you were. So share your story. 617. We'll take some calls after the break. 617-266-6868. You ever make a huge life change like going to work in New Zealand or somewhere like that? Or just within the country, but a totally different place than you were familiar with and you did it because, you know what, I just got to do it. I got to find out how this is going to go. How did it go? And if you had it to do over again, would you? 617 266 6868. We'll take your calls on the other side. It's VB in the middle on AM680WRKO. So you think you know somebody? It's not Lightning in this case. It's one of my other producers, Suck Up Dave. I find out today that Suck Up Dave not only almost took a job in New, New Zealand, he's from New Hampshire. But he had already done the paperwork. He had already gotten the work visa. Like, he was good to go, and at the last second said, you know what, I can't pull the trigger on this. I want to know from you, 617-266-6868, you have a similar decision in your life to what Suck Up Dave had, and did you go? If so, what was it, were the, the results? Would you do it again? If you didn't, do you ever wonder, man, what, what would it have happened if I had done that thing? 617-266-6868. Let's go to the phones. Steve's in the truck. Steve, you're next here on WRKO.
10: Hey, VB. I hate to admit this, but back in the day, I used to watch The Love Boat, and we always thought it would be cool to be a bartender on a cruise ship. So we took bartending classes, me and my girlfriend. Took bartending classes, got the serve safe certificate. I failed the test. Thank God, because I don't drink, so I didn't know how to make drinks. I failed the test, and that was the end of the dreams of going to a um, going to work on a cruise ship.
1: Steve, while there's no Thanks better God, motivation I, I than Isaac on the anymore. Love Boat, I understand that. I love However, Isaac, that's why I wanted to do it. I thought I know, it was a cool the- job. There's two things wrong here. Number one is you don't drink and you wanted to be a bartender. I think that's kind of <laughs> odd. That's like the guy that's allergic to chocolate. That's a candy maker. Like, I don't know. But then also thought it would be cool. But it would be cool if you were single. If you were going to do it with your girlfriend, you must realize how quickly that was going to go horribly wrong. Nobody wants to be yeah, drinking well, with I a bartender on go a horribly cruise ship. wrong anyway, so that's why we're going to go. <laughs> it probably would, but one upside <laughs> of being the bartender on the cruise ship is there's a lot of lonely ladies sometimes on that ship that might be looking for some not long-term companionship. It'd be okay to fill right. that void when you were a younger man. You wouldn't even have had that possibility.
10: That's why we were going for it. I knew it wasn't going to last.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that call, Steve. That's fantastic. Although it's also weird. I, <laughs> I think you did the right thing not doing it based on the circumstances. I think otherwise, any guy would or any woman, depending on motivation, would love to have, oh, remember that year I did the bartending on a cruise ship thing? That could be funny. I don't know under his circumstances that that was going to be anything other than horrible. However, Scotts and Salisbury, Scott, you're next here in WRKO. Hey, how, how
10: you doing? Great, great show. Uh, you brought me back. You brought me back many years in uh, 19, 1979. I, uh, I, we, were, my wife and I were engaged. And we and I and I kept telling her uh, parents uh, we're going to get married and we're going to move down south to find our fame and fortune, and they just kind of. Brushed it off. She had never been uh, away from her house uh, at all. So we got married, got some money. We packed up the Horizon. You know those hatchback Horizons? with uh, We packed everything we owned up there. Had some money from uh, from the wedding, and we camped all the way down to uh, Louisiana. We didn't have a job. She didn't have a job. I didn't have a job. And um, and I, I used to dive in the Navy, so I I, I applied. In a week, I had a job diving on the oil rigs in in the Gulf of Mexico. Most people don't understand Louisiana. You think of Louisiana, you say, oh, it's dirty, it's ugly, you know, uh, I wouldn't want to, you know, go there. Louisiana is one of the most beautiful states in the Union. Let me tell you, the people there are magnificent. Everything up here is so fast. You know, got to do this, got to do that, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Down there, it's all laid back. The Cajuns have a wonderful way of life. They don't get excited. They don't get you know stressed out. It's uh, up here, kids play with hockey sticks. Down there, they play with uh, you know uh, 22 rifles, and they go out for fun on the bayou in in their skiff. And it's just uh, it, w- it was it was a it was a great uh, it was a great trip. We made some money. We ended up getting pregnant, and we ended up moving back after three years but it's a it's a trip I would have never given up it was the best thing of our lives
1: that is fantastic, Scott love it suck up, Dave. I hope that makes you regret your decision. <laughs> But no, that's it. Like, you went after it and you said, you know what? We don't even know what we're doing. We're just going to go for it. Scott, great job. I tip my hat to you. By the way, again, I, we went to Louisiana last year. First time I'd ever been there. We went in New Orleans and then we drove our, our way to Texas. And so we had to drive through some of Louisiana. I, I agree with them. There, the parts that we were in, Louisiana was great. I was I was stunned. Really, I had a, I had the perception that he said. And then when I got there, I had a quite de- – it's funny when you educate yourself. But, yeah, no, Louisiana was a very good play. I really liked it. I'll go back. We would have been back this year if not for coronavirus. Kathy's in Wakefield. Kathy, you're next on WRKO.
6: Hey, how are you? Hey, Kathy. I Well, this was back in, like, 1969. Me and my girlfriend were 15 years old. We wanted to go out to San Francisco. We only had enough airfare to get to Chicago. So we ended up staying in Chicago for a week. Needless to say, in those days, you know, you'd stay with anybody (laughs) down in Old Town. And so we had to hitchhike all the way back home after a week. But going to, like, Hayton Ashbury in those days, that's where we planned on going. Never made it. Had a lot of hairy experiences, though. Hitchhiking back from Chicago. Like what? Give me one of those, Kathy. Oh, God. We were taking, we had to hitchhike, so... We were were held, not at random, but we were picked up by two guys, and they had me go in the back seat. It was a two door car, my friend in the front seat. Luckily, they were speeding real fast on the highway. The cops pulled us over. We got out, we went into an all night diner. This was in Indianapolis, and uh, two of the guys were there. They were race car drivers, one owned a recording studio. He said we could stay there for the night as long as we didn't make any long-distance cell phone calls, et cetera, et cetera. One of the guys came back supposedly just with blankets for us. He's showing me freaking stag movies, 15 years old. (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. Luckily, my friend Sandy had said, Jack, you okay out there? I said, no, he has filthy movies on here. And I was so sick that night. I had a bad head cold. But other, even more hairy experiences, but I won't get into that. But that is one place I regret never having gone to. Hayton Ashbury back in those days. Wish I knew i but get
1: I love the call, almost for a different reason than you think, and it's a topic for another day. But I don't think, like, suck up, Dave. You're a younger man, obviously. As you listen to Kathy's story, what jumps out at you? Let's see if you were paying That's attention.
2: The fact that uh, you could hitchhike and stay wherever you wanted and not have to worry about, you know, something bad happening.
1: The fact that young women were doing it. Maybe this makes me sexist, Kathy. But I I remember growing up as a young man thinking, how do women hitchhike? I don't know how men do it either. But it was... (laughs) It was, it, that was such a crazy thing that was just an accepted behavior in this country is that you would just stick your thumb out and it didn't matter who it was that pulled the car over. You were going to get in that car, no questions asked, and see where it took you.
6: As a woman, that is insane to me. You kind of got a sense from people, me. though. Huh? You, could, you kind of got a sense from people when you opened the door. You you know we brought up in the you know who doesn't say that Elsa the people, people that
1: never came back from thinking they had a sense of people like that's it just is a crazy thing I know when you live through this stuff you're like yeah but it was a way, it was a different time or whatever I as a father of two young daughters I could never imagine either approving or not going ballistic upon hearing that my daughter stuck her thumb out on a highway under any
6: circumstances no way yeah we had mace. We were fine. <laughs> yeah, we made nice. it.
1: They had snag <laughs> movies in blankets. I mean, come I, I on. Know, I
6: know. But we got through it <laughs> right up in the city, grew up in Dorchester. We know, you know, what was going on in life. Kathy,
1: uh, I appreciate the I think a lot of the, the girls that get
6: in trouble are from outer suburban places. Don't
1: that you. may be, but I, it just, it's just – The whole hitchhiking lifestyle and that whole world and that whole idea that, ah, no, it's cool, man. Wherever I end up is where I'm going to be. And some cool stranger's going to do it, and he's going to have a story, and we're going to get to know each other for that ride, and it's going to be awesome. No, thanks. And that's me as a guy, a larger guy, saying that. I can't imagine a woman ever thinking, this is a good idea. I'm just going to let some stranger and by the way, as she could tell you, suck up. you know who always pulled over for the, the young women? Always guys. Guys in their 30s. Always. It was never some church-going, school-teaching mom that pulled over to
3: give her a ride. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride
9: and groom?
5: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of
0: time. <gasps>